Welcome to Treasures from the Bible. I'm Maria, and in today's program, my Aunt Cece and Uncle Al and I head back to New Garden, Ohio, as we leave New York City through the Holland Tunnel. We'll also be learning more about the Great Tribulation. Coffee tastes so good. I just love the first cup of coffee in the morning. I'm so glad we got off to an early start. How's your bagel, Maria? Maria? Oh, sorry. I was taking a bite. On Cece, these bagels Keep are the best. It's that delicious New York City water. Uh, Al, there's a police car right in back of us. His lights on. Are you speeding? No way, Cece. Not in this traffic. There's another police car in the left lane, so I can't move over. All of you need to step out of the van, or should I call it a beast? <laughs> 1978, no windows, and guess what? No tags It's not much of a curb to stand on. On this side of the Holland Tunnel... Let me see your driver's license. Here's my three-day registration also, officer. It's from the state of Virginia, where we bought our van, and unfortunately, they only issue three-day tags. We're actually moving back to Ohio. Here you go. And uh, what's this? Hey, Jose, check this out. It says state of Virginia. But it looks like a Xerox copy. Besides, the three days have expired. Officer, the van had to be taken to a repair shop in Brooklyn, where we have been living. And they took longer than expected. I didn't think it would make much sense to register the van in New York, since we're moving back to Ohio and get it registered there as well. Here, all of you wait here while I check this fan out. That is, after I do a quick check on the inside. It sure is a funny-looking van. No back window, a chair, a bed. What's in the bag? That's our laundry, officer. Can't believe this. It's been one hour. Finally, the officer is coming back. Hand me the keys. Are you going to impound our van, officer? Yes, sir. Are you going to give us a ride? Either catch a cab or walk. Can I take my bag of laundry? Sure, but be careful. There's not much of a curb to walk on. You can pick up your keys when you show up with an official registration. I would suggest you get a New York registration. Hers looks a little more dignified and official than Virginia's. Hey, be careful out there. Hi, Cece. Hi, Al. How was your trip? You must be hungry. Here's what happened. So, we ended up in a long line in front of the New York Department of Motor Vehicles. 
I can't believe the officer called our van a beast. Guess it does look sort of suspicious. The funniest thing we saw was a sign next to a gumball machine inside the motor vehicle department. It said, support your Holland Tunnel Police. Please donate. Those pork chops were delicious, Lindy. Glad you liked them, Al. They were so moist and tender. That was my mom's secret recipe. Mr. Gunther, doesn't the Bible talk about a beast in Revelation? Yes, Nehemiah, we read about a beast in Revelation 17, 8 through 9. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. What are the seven heads and the seven mountains? Let's back up to Revelation 17:7, Nehemiah. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman, and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. Seven heads. Yes, Lydia. The seven heads represent the reign or rule of Satan throughout time. For the first 11,000 years of the history of the world, he was actually put in charge over mankind. What are the seven mountains a picture of, Mr. Gunther? The word seven signifies perfect completeness. In the Bible, mountains are very frequently used as a picture of political kingdoms. And Satan has ruled all the political kingdoms of the world for the first 11,000 years of history, as we read in Luke 4, 5 through 6. Nehemiah, can you read that, please? Sure, Mr. Gunther. Luke 4, 5 through 6. Let's see. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will I give it. Thanks, Nehemiah. That was nice reading. So Satan is still ruling today, Grandpa? Yes, Maria. He is still ruling in the world, as we talked about. And what is even worse, he is ruling in all the churches and denominations worldwide without exception. Since Christ is no longer there as of 1988, which was the beginning of the 23-year Great Tribulation period that we are now in. And we have less than one year to go until May 21, 2011. The seven mountains really focus on the reign or rule of Satan during this Great Tribulation period. Who is the woman that sits on the beast? That's a great question, Esther. Can you take Revelation 17, 18, please? Okay. Revelations 17, 18. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Thanks, Esther. There are actually five other passages that speak about that great city. 
which is speaking about God bringing judgment on all the churches and congregations without exception. Why don't each of you take one verse apiece, and we'll start with Sarah in Revelation 14.8. Okay, Grandpa. Revelation 14.8. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Thanks, Sarah. We also read about the spiritual effects of wine or strong drink, which represent false gospels in Isaiah 28, verse 7. But they also have erred through wine and through strong drink are out of the way. The priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. Nehemiah, can you take Revelation 18.10? Sure, Mr. Gunther. Revelation 18.10. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. Nice work, Nehemiah. We also read similar language in 1 Peter 4.17. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Jacob, can you read Revelation 18.16? All right, Grandpa. Revelation 18.16. And saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. What do all these things mean spiritually, Grandpa? That's a great question, Jacob. We learn from Revelation 19.8 that the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Both purple and scarlet refer to royalty. Remember the soldiers when they put on a purple or scarlet robe on Christ when they were mocking him? And it also refers to the blood of Christ, a picture of the true gospel. On the other hand, gold, precious stones, and pearls are terms that refer to the believers and the kingdom of God and are mentioned together in Revelation 17 and 18. Notice that the verse says, was clothed, which is a past tense, when Christ was still ruling there before 1988. Maria, if you read Revelation 18:19, I'll take Revelation 18:21. Got it, Grandpa. Revelation 18:19. And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, "Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate." I know there's a spirit to lean into the ships, but I forgot it, Grandpa. You're right, Maria. Remember Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 4:19, I will make you fishers of men. And fishermen go out in ships, Maria, to catch fish. But now, since the Holy Ghost is no longer saving people in the churches, nobody can become saved there. It is very, very sad. I'll take Revelation 18, 2. 
And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. In these six verses we see language that can only be talking about the churches and congregations that are now sadly under the wrath of God. Mr. Gunther, we talked about the seven mountains, but you never explained the ten horns. Oh, you're right, Nehemiah. I'll try to explain that, but can you read Revelation 17, 7 again for all the boys and girls listening at home? Sure. Uh, oh, here we go. Revelation 17, 7. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. We also read in Revelation 17:12, And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. The ten horns refer to Satan's rule during the time we are now living in, the Great Tribulation, both in the churches as well as in the world at large, and the one hour also is speaking of the Great Tribulation period. Well, boys and girls, it looks like we've come to the end of another one of our programs. We hoped you enjoyed it. For a free audio CD of today's program, Please write to Treasures from the Bible and care of Family Radio, Oakland, California, 94621 USA. The title of today's program is The Mystery Beast at the Holland Tunnel. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in next week when we'll learn something new from the Bible. May God richly bless you and your family with His salvation. Bye-bye.